Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. He was the uh, first American to go number one in the NHL draft. He drafted Steven Stamkos and Victor Hedman from the NHL Network, American businessmen, and uh, the guy that headed up Octagon's agency. We welcome back to the show Brian Lawton. Hi, Brian. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you doing? Good. Uh, look, uh, just before we get to the hockey stuff, because <laughs> we, we had a conversation about this, uh, I know you watched the debate last night. I cringed uh, when Trump went at Biden about his uh, uh, son that had some, uh, you know, some significant challenges, and I, I thought Biden did a good job handling that. What did you think of the debate last night? Uh, the debate, I thought, was ridiculous overall, that particular instance. And I say ridiculous because we, we got to come up with a format. And I had all kinds of people tweeting at me because I said, geez, it'd be really nice if the mics were turned off when it wasn't your turn to speak because both guys, Trump especially, though, just runs over the other guy when he's trying to give an answer, and it's ridiculous. And I yeah. think that's the way most people feel. Unfortunately, yeah. I was told by all the tech people behind the scenes, mm, it's a lot harder to do than you think. The other mic picks up the guy even when his mic is off. So who knows, but put him in a box for all I care. Let each person answer and let people decide that's what I'm really in favor of. Yeah, I, I think we're at that stage, too. All right, let's switch focus. we got a lot to get to here. Uh, Brian, first of all, Tampa Bay Lightning win the Stanley Cup. You're no longer with that organization, but do you take any pride and solace in the fact that you contributed to helping bring in a couple of key uh, players that helped win for them, ultimately? Well, I'm very far removed from it, and, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not claiming any victories on that one. I'm proud to have been a part of the history uh, very proud to have, you know, been there when hopefully we did the right things and got the right players that are still there. One of them won the MVP of the playoffs. So, yes, I think it was meaningful. Uh, we had difficult decisions make to make back then. I, hopefully people believe we made the right ones. And uh, that's really the extent of it, though. Steve Eisenman really built that team. He deserves all the credit. Um, the players, obviously, they're the ones that are doing the job on the ice. So it was kind of a, just a nice, nice to see. Honestly, a lot of people have asked me, Bob, and I was surprised it took so long for them to win the Stanley Cup because they've had it going on for quite a while now. And it just speaks to how difficult it is to win that championship. I know uh, we discussed this a bit. I mean, every team now that's drafted, but uh, number one between 2003 to 2008 is one is Stanley Cup. Uh, but it's not necessarily a guarantee that ultimately you'll get there, is it? 
No, it isn't. Um, there's so many things that can go right and wrong. There's so many different strategies that were at play then that aren't in play today because of the changes in the draft lottery. Um, you know, it's not like the 10 years before the last, say, 10, 12 years before that. You know, we really had kind of an era of super teams if you go back to the late 90s, early 2000s. Right. When, uh, you know, you'd have Dallas had six or seven Hall of Famers, Detroit, Colorado, New Jersey. Uh, you had these massive, I, I call them super teams when I look at the eras of hockey. Uh, now we're in, you know, maybe we're we're in a new time. Who knows? The St. Louis Blues certainly didn't have a lot of those elite top picks like Tampa did, like Chicago did now, like Pittsburgh has, like L.A. has. So who knows? Got to be on top of what you think the future is going to be, though. That's the message. All right, uh, let's get to Edmonton. I got some news today, Elliot Friedman, putting out on Twitter that uh, there is uh, some things going on with a gentleman by the name of Oscar Clefbaum uh, and that the Oilers are monitoring this closely. He may require surgery, which would keep him out for a while. How dramatically does that change things uh, for Ken Holland, in your opinion? Significantly. It, you know, it really does. That's the, that's the one guy they could count on. Um Obviously, he's had some health issues over the last few years in particular. Uh, it would be horrific news for them. And yet, if you're going to get that news, you want to get it before free agency opens. Uh, they'll have more information than we do. Yep. Uh, you know for a fact that I won't necessarily be surprised by this. I had some inklings that there might be an injury there just in watching them play. I've talked openly about the top four might look different next year, and uh, now it's seeming, seemingly more and more looking like that will happen. You said, too, uh, it was during uh, August 24th to 28th, because I was away that week, but you said on the show, on the Wednesday show with Brendan, you said that uh, two of the Oilers' top four uh, would have a different complexion, a different look to it. Uh, does that make a guy like it's interesting? I had somebody call about Chris Russell before, uh, this morning before, somebody from the league, uh, call about Chris Russell. He's only being paid $1.5 million in real dollars for this upcoming season. Does that change it for Chris Russell, make him even more potentially valuable to Ken Holland? I mean, if they can't count on, uh, you know, if Clefbaum's got to get surgery here and is out, let's say it's shoulder surgery, he's out six months, totally changes the complexion, doesn't it, for a guy like Chris Russell? I think that this does add value to Chris, number one. But number two, I think he added a lot of value himself by how he performed in the return to play. I thought he was, you know, one of the brighter spots, to be honest with you, for for the club. I mean, Chris has already been paid his million-dollar signing bonus. He's got a million five in salary left. It's just the same, you know, dogged question that's been on Ken Holland since he took this club over is the salary cap position is tough. They'd like to have, like all the other teams, pretty much, they'd like to have some flexibility right. and make some adjustments to their roster. They didn't get to where they wanted to go last year. They made some very, very nice improvement in the regular season, uh, but it flamed out much quicker than I'm certain Ken would have been hoping and uh, certainly uh, that the coach would have been hoping. Brian, we have people texting the show on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, and they're saying, why didn't Clefbaum 
know about this. You know, the Oilers got eliminated the August, I think it was August 7th or 8th. Why didn't Clefbaum get surgery like August the 15th? Why are we finding out now on September 30th? Is there, not that you specifically know, but you understand how this sort of thing can happen, and we we might not have known the severity of this for six weeks. Is it possible a player didn't know the severity of it, do you think? Yeah, 100%. It's a good question. A lot of times, you know, guys have bumps and bruises at the end of the year. You'll evaluate them. You'll give them some different potential paths moving forward. Some of those entail uh, take four to six weeks off. And uh, let's see if we can get in there and rehab versus surgery. I'm not saying that would ha- that is what happened with Oscar, but that's certainly a plausible explanation just right. off the top of my head. The other question we're getting is, well, if Clef bombs out, don't they just put him on LTR? And can they not just replace him with another $4 million player? It's not that easy, is it? Like, you've actually got to be in position where you can get to the point where you can put him on LTR once we come back and play. Do you not? Well, in order to capture as much of that money as possible, you want to be within about 29 cents of the maximum cap and then put him on. That's how you maximize it. Right. Um, but... But that, that's, you know, that's a salary cap matter, and, and the Oilers are, are very well covered in that respect. They, they really have a nice staff. They know what they're doing there. So that's easy for them. The tricky part is who do you replace them with, and that's why I was saying it's terrible news. You don't want to hear that for any player, but if you're going to find out, you want to find out before the opening of free agency so you have a realistic chance to maybe uh, take a shot at somebody that you might not have thought you were going to just two or three weeks ago so the timing is fortuitous to the for the club now they have to figure out how to spend that money if he is in fact going to be lost for a long period of time does it matter if it's a left or right shot i think the oilers would love to acquire a right shot but um, and there's some and there's some players out there that we know that are really good players that had not really good seasons that shoot right. And there's certainly going to be options for them, but um, everybody is fishing in that pond. The differentiator for any club will be that they have the cap space. There is not a lot of teams with a lot of cap space right now. We're joined by Brian Lawton, uh, who joins us every Wednesday on Oilers Now. And Brian is our headliner for Touchback Safety. From fall protection to forklift training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. Brian, I'm going to ask you to rank three right-shot defensemen that are unrestricted free agents. Um, That said, one to me would be low probability because been there, done that. But the three guys are Tyson Berry, Sammy Votnin, and Justin Schultz. Who do you think would be the best fit for the Oilers? Uh, Barry Votnin and Schultz. You nailed the order for me. Okay. Uh, detail why? Or? Well, yeah, like, I mean, some people say, hey, I'm a Maple Leafs fan. I just watched Tyson Barry this year of Toronto. Uh, he wasn't very good. And I, this is how bad it uh, – my understanding is Tyson didn't even do an exit interview with the Maple Leafs at the end of the season. That he just looked. I know I'm not coming back. You know I'm not coming back. See you later. Have a good summer. <laughs> Thanks for the year. Uh, but uh, tell me why you'd have Tyson Berry number one of those three guys. I think last year was an anomaly, an anomaly for him in his career. 
I think he's proven, even in the years before, in the playoffs, that he can play at the toughest time. There are certain things that the coach has to recognize about him. I think the Oilers are very well coached, and they have a coach that will be able to figure that out very quickly. And that is that you need to give him certain freedoms on the ice that I don't think he was afforded in Toronto. I'm not ripping the coaching there. I'm just saying they were playing a system that wasn't conducive for Tyson's strengths, and it really hurt him to the point where he lost his confidence. And even through a coaching change, he was never able to really establish it. So there's a lot of reasons why um, I'm a big believer in Tyson Berry, but the biggest one is that I think he's a really good player and last year was just that one outlier year that anybody could have. This guy would be dynamite with his skill set for the Edmonton Oilers, in my opinion. Justin Schultz almost looked relieved when he was moved. I mean, there were he was getting hammered pretty hard by some of the fans and some of the media. Uh, I remind the listeners, and I work for the Oilers Entertainment Group, but I'll tell you right now, the Oilers didn't necessarily have – they didn't have – Clefbaum and Nurse of today on the left side when Jeff Petrie and Justin Schultz were trying to carve out their NHL careers on the right side. They had some older veteran guys that were on the downside of their careers like Nick Schultz and Andrew Ferentz. Um, but to me, Justin Schultz, you know, take, take us through the mindset of a player. When you have a tough experience in a city, sometimes it's tough to come back, isn't it? It is. It's really tough. But I'll tell you what. Everybody is going to be looking around the league and saying, especially Tyson Berry, but also Sammy Vatanen and Justin Schultz, where can I go, have a big impact, a meaningful role, and jump on the coattails of a team that I think is good? And I think that a lot of people are going to come up with Edmonton. You know, when yeah. you've got Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, not to mention Ryan Nugent Hopkins and others, I think it's enticing. And if I was a defenseman, there's no way that I wouldn't be considering uh, Edmonton as a potential destination. And then when you add that in with the reviews, um, just that the facilities got in Edmonton, yep. they were really positive around the National Hockey League. Hosting the tournament, I know for all the fans listening, it didn't necessarily have the bang uh, around town maybe because it was so isolated and in a lot of ways kept distant. But it had a lot of bang with the players. It had a lot of bang in terms of guys saying, not to mention they saw the best weather that Edmonton has to offer. So it just showed really well for the team for a lot yeah. of reasons. And you know, it's that's important. People, people don't want to admit it, but players look at that stuff. Well, it's funny you mention that because if I say that on the show, ah, you're from Edmonton, you love Edmonton, this is what you know, you're going to, you know, but it's good to hear that you're already hearing that in terms of uh, out there. Brian Lawton joining us. Brian, uh, let me ask you, would it, like Oliver ekman Larson? I know TSN referenced that. We've, we've talked in the past about ekman Larson. Uh, I believe the cost would be, you know, if, if I'm Arizona, I'm going to ask for the 14th overall pick and maybe one of Bouchard or Broberg. To me, that'd be an awful lot to give up from an Oilers perspective. Would the Oilers be better off making a play for ekman Larson, or, or, you know, I mean, there's no asset cost on Tyson Berry, just money. Um, I would expect the Oilers to be poking around. If you ask me just to guess, and it's simple conjecture, I'd say there's not a chance they'll be able to get that deal done. You've got a bunch of younger GMs out there. They haven't been around the block yet. They're going to want way too much. It's going to stifle players like that moving, in my opinion. 
Okay. They're just they're not going to be able to stomach what the market really is. Not a lot of people that can afford Oliver Ekman Larson. Um, conversely, you're not going to get maybe the value that you hope. I think some of these newer GMs are going to be a little bit frozen out of the box, and it's going to be harder for them to make deals. What does that mean for the Edmonton Oilers? It, it means it's probably going to be fruitless for Ken Holland to really push that one. I just The price that they're going to want back is going to be unrealistic, and it's going to cause him to go to plan B. Signing just two of the three players you suggested, in my opinion, would be better than getting an Oliver Ekman Larson. There we go. And they, uh, and they, and they cost free. Their asset yeah. yep. cost is zero. It's just dollars. It's cap space. All right. I want to speak in a cap space and dollars. I want to talk about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. He's represented by Rick Follett. Octagon, that's the agency you really got going in terms of the hockey side of the business. Uh, you know, uh, it's, it's my belief that, you know, Ryan's a player that, uh, would totally be comfortable playing his entire career in Edmonton. You know, he's, he's volunteered a lot of extra time. Uh, he's been, I think his, his team with the hockey helps the kids, uh, thing that they do every year here at Edmonton. I think his school has won three years in a row. He takes that sort of stuff on. He's a great, you know, if you wanted somebody to marry your daughter, uh, Ryan would be that guy. He's a good guy. Everybody, but there's a price for every player. Um, and it's interesting. Uh, you look at Tampa Bay, Brian, they got some guys, and I know they got tax advantages there, but there's some guys there that took less because they could, they thought they could get more as a team. There is a high-end Oilers player that took less because he wanted to win here in Edmonton, and so he left money on, money on the table. That player is Connor McDavid. He could have gotten more out of the Oilers than he did. Instead, he signed an eight-year deal for $12.5 million. Um, you knew we were going to talk about Nugent Hopkins. The Oilers, do the Oilers need to know this offseason where they're at with Nugent, knowing that they're going into the last year of his deal? Like, is that something that needs to be resolved even before free agency starts this year? Um, it doesn't have to be, but I would think that Ken Holland, a guy that likes to get in front of it, um, I would think that he would want to know that. I really do. There is a tremendous need for anybody that can play center in this league right now. So you could always use Ryan until the trade deadline and trade him. You could always try to trade his rights, which won't return much after right. the season. Right. Um, but the smart play, and rest assured, I have not talked to Ken Holland or Dave Tippett about this. I'm just guessing. I'd be shocked if they weren't heavily trying to figure out exactly what Ryan wants and to get the brass tacks so that they can plan appropriately for this team. That is Ken's job. He's very good at it. I'd be shocked if that's not happening. So I've thrown out a high and low scenario. The low scenario is Braden Shen, $6.5 million per. And the high scenario, which you would think maybe the agent would ask for, would be uh, the National Predators signing Matt Duchesne eight times eight. Do you meet? Do you meet in the middle or in that, or is you know what's not a chance? Not a chance for the Oilers. Uh, I just think the market is different, and uh, you know if you're going to get a longer term deal, it is going to be discounted. You know? Okay. So, but what Ken's trying to decide is, 
know, one thing about Ryan Nugent Hopkins, he has really stabilized himself as on this particular team. It is a great situation for him. He is a 70-point player moving forward on this team. On the Buffalo Sabres, the New Jersey Devils, the Detroit Red Wings, I don't know if he's a 70-point player. That's a concern. But um, on, this, on this team, he gets to play left. He's playing left wing with either McDavid or Dreisaitl and on a first-unit power play that features those guys as well. And he's part of the success in the power play, but that's what you're saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. I think the number on a long-term deal is going to be less. Edmonton has a competitive advantage over everybody else right now because they can offer eight years. You would be surprised how many people that are just looking at the headline number. I know you're looking at what the AAV will yep. be, and you're saying six, five to eight. I'm telling you, think in terms of forty million, fifty million, sixty million. Pick a number. Add it up with a player's career. Ryan's already made what? At least 37, 38. He's got another six. He's almost a 44, 45 million dollar player before his next contract starts. He probably wants to earn 48 to 52 million dollars more. Go figure it out from there. You have the advantage of length of contract over anybody else. Eight years Not at that six. complicated. Eight years at six and a half would be $52 million for what it's worth. Yeah, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. You and I are having a hypothetical conversation, but I have done many, many contracts from the agent side. I have done many, many contracts from the club side. So I understand how it works. The biggest thing that clubs miss is that players do contemplate how much money they're going to make throughout their careers. And at some point, winning trumps dollars. How many hamburgers can you eat? Ryan Nugent Hopkins will, it doesn't matter what happens with Edmonton. He's still going to earn $90 million plus in his career. Now you have to figure out if he wants it to be alongside Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, or if he'd like to, to risk it and go somewhere else or try somewhere else or, or do some sun tanning in the middle of the, of the winter. Who knows? That you can't answer. You can only do what's right for your organization, and that's why I am continually bullish on Ken Holland at the helm of this club. He knows what he's doing. Brian, great stuff. We love having you on the show. Oh, my pleasure. For all the fans out there, we're just spitballing fans. Keep that in mind. All right. Uh, that is Brian Lawton from the NHL Network. He's our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety from fall protection to forklift training. Trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. Of course, all season long, we have the injury report for James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. we got hundreds of texts that have come into the show today on a multitude of different topics uh, uh, some of which has to do with our injury report. Oscar Clefbaum contemplating next course of action. Elliot Freeman reporting uh, could be out a long, long while. 12.55, we'll step back in in 90 seconds' time. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 6.30 Chad. 
All right, welcome back, everybody. You can text us at any time at 780-496-0063. Our Ashley Fine Floors text line, KD. 100% agree with Brian Lawton. Barry would be dynamic for the Oilers. No to OEL, but yes to Tyson Barry. That one comes to us from KS. And he adds, Bob, uh, eight years at $6 million would be great for the Oilers in R&H. Uh, that's, uh, this is where he'll succeed with 29.56.97. I think maybe got the order there a little wrong. Again, uh... You can text us, 780-496-0063. Jason from Sangudo says, hey, Bob, uh, maybe Ken Holland needs to include a tanning bed in an R&H contract. Johnny Wishbone says, Bob, don't kid yourself. Nugent Hopkins doesn't want to sign here. He's going home to Vancouver next year as a free agent. Okay, Johnny Wishbone, we shall see. I mean, the number is going to dictate it. Uh, Steven out of BC says, good show, Bob. Well, some days we have good shows. Other days we need to be better. Could a select number of players hypothetically take half a million dollars less in salary to free up cap space for a year to two to help secure a top goaltender to allow the team to take a real shot at the cup. Uh, thanks for uh, from Stephen in BC. Well, the one guy that's done that is Connor McDavid. He took about 750k less than he wanted to. Uh, Bob, uh, Nuge wants to teach a horse to skate. Well, he is in a horse uh, racing. No question about that. Uh, Oilers GM says, Bob, RNH's agent will ask for Kevin Hayes money. I, well, I don't, I'm not sure what the ask would be. My my belief is it might even be higher than that. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Former defenseman Mark on our Ashley Pine Floors text line. I outlined OEL on Reed Show last night. OEL would be a mistake in that you have to cannibalize your roster to get him. This would leave too many other holes in other areas. It'd be robbing Peter to pay Paul. Either push for Petrangelo or sign Barry to a one-year contract and stand pat. Keep the texts coming in, and we got a lot of them. So uh, we'll try to fit some in. David Staples coming up from the Cult of Hockey after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.